Hello and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat Beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? Much, David. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, we're recording this. It is a Wednesday afternoon. Um, so they do play tonight, but we wanted to yeah. record um, and, and kind of focus a lot on that Heat game last night, their win against the Warriors. Um Definitely the Heat's best win of the season. Um, again, we'll we'll see. You know, we, we don't want to overreact too much in case they they come out and <laughs> tonight to the Kings without Darren Fox on back to back. But that'd be the worst uh, loss of the season probably at that point. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be close. It's a back to back. It happens in the NBA. But um, I think that that win against the Warriors last night is kind of enough to to really. Sure. Uh, it's. I don't want to say it like saved the season, um, but. I think it validated, like, it, it answered a lot of the questions we have about this team and, and specifically about the ceiling of this team. Um, obviously, the Heat were off to a uh, two and five start to the year, and there were kind of a lot of question marks about everything, right? Bam was under a little underwhelming. Kyle Lowry was obviously not playing very well. Um, they were losing. Um, they, they lost to a bunch of good teams early, right? Like teams that, you know, the, the Celtics, teams that we thought were going to be kind of in their uh, tier of basketball. Um, so then last night, uh, they go up against the defending champion Warriors, who have not, you know, have also had their own struggles early on in the year, but they're still the Warriors. And I think notably they got kind of like a, they got an A Steph Curry performance last night. They got, um, you know, kind of, you know, got a Ty Jerome heat check there. Like things were going right for the Warriors. Yeah. Um, and the heat weathered that punch in the third quarter. I think it went down by as much as 10 um, and then pulled it out in the end and, and won a tight game in the fourth quarter. That's, I think one of the questions we had was what is this team going to look like down the stretch with, you know, kind of a half court offense that uh, I think has been disappointing, frustrating, ugly. Um, and Jimmy Butler made huge shots. Uh, Duncan Robinson re- rose back to life, and they did it all without Tyler Hero. Um, what what is, what does a win like that mean for this Heat team right now? I mean, it's it's early in the season, right? You don't want to overstate right. it, but it was it's a big win. Yeah. Um, not only because they needed it after losing two straight and falling. You know, you never obviously want to start a season two and six. Um, you know, they're entering the game two and five, but just the way it sets up now, they really. You don't want to assume anything with how things have been going, but they have a chance here to make a little bit of a run. Five of the next six at home, they have a winnable game. You know, this this might be regrettable on this post, but they have a winnable <laughs> game against the Kings. On it sounds Wednesday. like Tyler Hero is going to play tonight. Uh, sounds like Tyler Hero is going to play. Is that basically yeah. an eye contusion? That's yeah. Yeah, that to hurt. Um, they have the Pacers on Friday. Um, they have Portland on Monday, and then I think two games against Charlotte or something. This they have winnable games coming up. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they they could string together a couple wins and all of a sudden be above 500 like in a week, which considering how this season started, you know, they, you definitely take that. Um, so, yeah, I think that that Golden State win was big because it sets up for a little bit for the Heat to make a little bit of a run, which they need after their slow start. Um, a few things that stood out to me and I wrote about it um, on Tuesday and it'll be in Wednesday's paper, uh, Wednesday and it'll be in Thursday's paper is just the zone defense they ran. Um they use a lot of it. The most by any team so far this season, 41 possessions, was very effective, especially in that fourth quarter 
holding Golden State to 15 points. Um, the numbers say they allowed Golden State to score 0.97 points per possession against the zone compared to 1.22 points per possession against the man. So the zone was a lot better. It worked to slow down uh, Golden State's kind of ball movement uh, offense and, and take them out of rhythm. Um, and we've seen this before, right? Every year, like, there are games like this where Spell really relies on the zone. Um, but this might be the earliest in the season that I've seen it. And also, this might be one of the first times I've seen it where it's not like they're missing some of their top defenders. Like, all their top defenders are pretty much available except Victor Oladipo. Yeah. So I don't know if it's necessarily a good sign, right, that they have to use <laughs> it this early with this personnel. Usually they use it when they when it's like a last resort, but it worked. Um, and, you know, it's, it's still obviously a part of their menu. Um, but that, that really, I think, changed the game uh, in the fourth quarter. And then the other thing is the three-point shooting. Yeah. And I wrote, I've written a lot about it over the first two weeks. Three-point volume has been down. We've talked about it the last few weeks, David. A lot of mid-range shots, not that many shots at the rim. Three-point volume considerably down. They shot 42 threes last night. Made 38%, solid number, nothing great, but solid. Mm-hmm. Just getting those attempts up is so big for this offense. That's when this offense is at its best. Some of that was just an emphasis to get them up, which Eric Spolscher has been talking about that, you know, with the team uh, over the last few days. And also just Duncan Robinson, like you mentioned, playing 25, season at 25 minutes. Yeah. Max Strews playing 33 minutes. Both of them, you know, Max Strews put up 10 threes in 33 minutes. Duncan put up eight threes in 26 minutes. Jimmy Butler put up seven threes in 37 minutes. That's when you know it's been an emphasis in practice. Yeah, seriously. Um, he put up three so, in like a 30-second stretch at one point there in the third. Yeah. I think it was the third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter. There was one possession where he put up at least two. I think it was like he a, had two, and, one, and I think on the run. very yeah. next possession yeah. or, or one later, he put up another one. Yeah, so like it was a familiar formula, right? Threes and zone defense. We've seen that win so many games for the Heat over the last few years, especially when they've been shorthanded. Uh, but that kind of tells you how important last night was. Like they tr- they went back to the formula they use when they're desperate and they need to just find scrap away and find a way to win. And they did that. They got a big one uh, against Golden State. Yeah, uh, defense. I-, I think we still, like you said, maybe not a great time to go zone early in the year, but I think we just based on Spo and and the yeah. personnel they have, I think we we both believe that the defense is going to be an issue. I think I like I think the offensive. Uh, I don't know, revelation from last night, but I just thought the the fact that they could show they could go toe to toe with the Warriors um, in, you know, in offensively, I, I think was, again, it's, I don't know what the proper adjective to describe a win in the eighth game of the season is like that, but, but I think it's kind of, I, I don't remember if I used it earlier, but validating is the way I would kind of put it like that. You're justified to like, to think that this Heat team can has a ceiling of, of that they can still be competitive and um you know what earlier that day I think it was right was it that day or the day before that the Jimmy Butler story in the Athletic yeah uh, that day that morning Sam it came out yeah was yeah. it that morning and I wasn't sure if it was the night before or that morning and yeah. and Jimmy goes what we're gonna go uh seventy seven and five <laughs> two and five to seventy five seven and five and we're winning a championship championship yeah, yeah. um and then that night he he comes out and you know, like playoff Jimmy showed up in the fourth quarter and like it's a reminder it's obviously a little bit of a coincidence but at the same time it's like if you you're done if Jimmy says that and then they lose a couple more in a row all of a sudden like it's like like what is that that doesn't age very well uh he he made that quote age pretty well because the heat looked like 
you know, they're they're still worse than the Warriors, probably, right? They're still worse than the Bucks. They're they're well, that, that Warriors bench. Celtics, is, like that Warriors bench is rough. Yeah, that's true. I like Ty Jerome though, honestly. Uh, he played well last night, but the did. minutes he, of the that that bench put yeah. it, it was it was almost like you were just the Heat were just counting down for the bench to come in, like <laughs> just survive the minutes of the start. Yeah, when Steph the Curry wasn't on the floor, it was like it did not feel like they were the Warriors. Um, yeah. But anyway, I, I think it the Heat needed a win like that to to show that they like don't count them out yet, right? And they had done basically everything they had done in the first two weeks was basically like, all right, you can count out the heat, right? They, they hadn't done anything to, if you wanted to have that opinion, they hadn't done anything to change anyone's mind who was a not belief, who was a doubter for the heat. Yeah. But a win like that last night is like a, a I'm, I'm not going anywhere kind of win, right? The, like the Wolf of Wall Street, um, I'm, I'm not leaving win for right. the heat last night. <laughs> I'm yeah. still here, right. Um, another thing I thought was interesting from last night We've talked so much over the last few years is just kind of the offense-defense dynamic, right, with this mm-hmm. roster. And not that we didn't think that was the case this year, but we kind of thought maybe it would be more balanced. Like, yeah. Caleb in a starting lineup. Caleb played 19 minutes last night. Um, down from his season, you know, what he's played first few weeks when he's been available. Obviously, Tyler only played 10 minutes, right, because mm-hmm. he, he left in the second quarter because of the eye injury. But they went off. I mean, Max played 33 minutes. Duncan played a season high in minutes in 26. Do you think? I mean, the the question I have is like the offense looks so good with Duncan and Max out there together, or yeah. even just Duncan out there. Like, bam, those dribble handoffs have been down to start the year because Duncan hasn't been playing that much. With Tyler here in the starting lineup, it's more pick and rolls, right? More pick and roll centric, not really dribble handoffs. Duncan in there with Bam, it was like immediate, like dribble handoffs all over the place. Shooters around, spinning around Bam, kind of working off that that action. Uh, and getting mm-hmm. Bam rolling to the ba- getting Bam space rolling to the basket, you know, when a shooter draw, drew two, or getting a shooter an open three, you know, when when they try to prevent Bam from rolling. So it was really effective. I just wonder if if they'll stick with that, right? Or is it going to be based on a, situ- a situational thing where it's going to be based on what you need any given night, or do they see say, well, that really helped our offense. It looked a lot better. Looked like what we've become accustomed to the last few years. Maybe Duncan need, does need to play 15, 20 minutes off the bench every mm-hmm. night. I think that's that's the question I had moving forward just from from that game. Yeah, well, I mean, a big part of it is Duncan's got to make his shots, right? Like, the plan, thinking back to this time last year, the plan was never for Duncan to be a non-factor with this team, right? Yeah. They gave him a huge contract. Like, this like this is kind of 25 minutes a night. Like, that's the expectation for a guy making the kind of money he's making. Like that's kind of the bare minimum expectation for a guy with yeah. that kind of contract. But it has a um, season high. He's been with, right? it's been up and down for the last few weeks. I know. know. Um, so, you know, if he plays the way he played last night, like then, yeah, I think that's going to have to be a big part of what they do. Well, we, you know, we talked about it, uh, I think last week or two weeks ago that some of Bam's early season struggles are, are under, I don't, I don't want to say struggle because he's been so valuable in the, you know, on-off numbers and defensively and all that kind right. of stuff. But, um, you know, part of the reason he didn't look super comfortable on offense, we both, I think, agreed, like, he's doing so, – it, it, the offense is so different. He was such a central the, – the dribble handoff, like you mentioned, is so central to what he did well um, or what he does well and that it wasn't there last night. And, you know, he had one of his better games of the year last night too. Uh, right. 19.6 assists, right? Like the, the passing was back from Bam. Obviously, yeah. the dribble handoff leads to a lot of that. 
um, three steals. Like it was, it was a, I thought the thing that was most encouraging about the Heat's win last night, I think was that um, the best guys showed up and showed they could go, you know, like a, a Steph Curry triple double isn't going to just single handedly kill you. Um, I don't, I, I think we both agree. Like it's hard, really hard to envision the Heat taking Tyler Hero out of the starting lineup, given all the hoopla that was around putting him back into the starting lineup. Now, maybe, obviously, like we said, this injury does not seem to be serious, but maybe like an injury would happen at some point and then you put Duncan back in and then he gets back. Like there is a way that if in like, you know, things change during the season where sure, maybe we get Tyler back in the lineup, but I think, um, you know, they, they kind of have two identities right now. I think they write that the highest ceiling is if Tyler hero becomes that legit number three star and putting him in the starting lineup and playing him with Bam and, and Jimmy and figuring out how to get, your three best players to play really well together is the is the best way to unlock this team's full potential. Yeah. But yeah, I think there is, there has to be, I mean, if Duncan plays the way he played last night and has, has played at various points throughout the early part of this season, um, you know, he's got to be, be in there. And I don't know, could it potentially, could it at some point come at the expense of Max Struess's minutes, right? Like that's a possibility. Um, those guys do different things, and and obviously when Duncan is going right, he changes this offense so much as we saw last night. Yeah, yeah, and I and I agree. I I, I don't think I think it's gonna be very hard to take Tyler out of the starting lineup, right? And I don't think they should, wanna, I think they've got to try to figure out how to get that starting to make it line, work. Yeah, yeah, make it work because that's the best chance you have. And and we should we should note like that starting five actually has they've been a plus this season. Yeah. Um, all five together. Now, if you want to like separate just Bam, Jimmy and Kyle, uh, Jimmy, Jimmy and Tyler, I'm not sure. I think they were a minus. I'm not one of those like combinations mm-hmm. was a minus, but all those five together have been a plus. So that's a good sign. It's really the bench that has been struggling. And last night, the bench won its minutes by a big amount because Golden State's bench was so bad. Gabe but Benson plus 29. Plus 29. You know, he only had I me mean, two of seven shots, only had. Four points, points but yeah, eight, eight rebounds, rebounds. Though. Yeah. eight rebounds and great defense, especially at the top of the zone. Um, that I mean, that was one of the keys of like keeping Duncan on the on the floor for 26 minutes against that right. type of team. They they hid their lesser defenders in that zone, right? And it worked. Um, will they be able to do that every game? Probably not. Yeah. Or will and they that's be able to do that? Playoffs, right? That's the ultimate yeah. question, with Duncan. Right, and that's where Duncan gets into trouble. You right. know, um, so I I do think that Duncan needs to be a bigger part of the rotation just because of what he does for the offense. And we've seen the offense struggle a little bit. Um, and, and the fit sometimes doesn't feel totally right. Um, when like Duncan and Max aren't on the floor because you need that spacing. And sometimes the spacing seems off. Um, when it's just, you know, even that starting five, right? Like sometimes the spacing, you have Kayla Martin, Jimmy, Bam, Kyle, and Tyler, unless Kyle sh- actually shooting the ball, right? Where some games he's been passive. That spacing can get pretty tight uh, with that starting unit on the floor. So I think those shooters are really important to, to kind of greasing the wheels for the offense. And they did so last night with Max Struess and Duncan, both playing big minutes, both shooting the ball well. And that plus the zone, I think, and then obviously Jimmy taking over at the end. Yeah. Were the key ingredients to the floor, to, to the win. Yeah. Kyle putting up eight threes last night is pretty encouraging, too. Like, that, he yeah. just got to do that. He just has to do He's that. To. He, coming off a screen, if, a, if he gets a little room, he has to put it up because – the further he can draw out the big to kind of, you know, take away that three-pointer or step up at him, on him, that creates the room for Bam and Jimmy to roll or to do what they do inside the arc. If he's not going to take that three off the screen, 
Bigs aren't going to respect it. And it's the, it's the only way he's getting shots up, honestly. Like at this, yeah. point. like he's not beating guys off the dribble. He's not like taking that one dribble around a screen and hitting the pull up. Like, right. Like to make guys guard you, you got to get shots up. Like it's the yeah. simple as that. You got to take take shots to make people want to guard you. And that's yeah, the I, I, shot he has in his arsenal right now. I think that most of the shots came in the second half too. He only had yeah, two I think shots he only had one half. or two shots in the first half. Yeah. yeah. He took eight out of his ten shots in the second half, which I'm guessing at halftime they were like, Kyle, you got to <laughs> take some shots here, you know, and, and he made a difference. Um, he had 13 points and, and nine assists. Um, and another thing is, like, when the Heat's offense is doing well, this has been a consistent theme for three, four years now since Jimmy's joined this team. Assist, assist rate is, is up, right? When they're getting points off assists, that's yeah. when this offense is really rolling. And they had 32 assists on 40 baskets. It's a really high percentage. Can't do the math in my head, but that's a really high. Yeah, 75% actually, 75%. <laughs> um, but in their losses this year, it's been down. It's, been, it's yeah. been down from last few years. So that's another good sign. When Bam has six assists, Jimmy has eight assists, Kyle has nine assists, like the ball movement was on point yesterday. Some of that is because guys are making shots, but some of that is also just because the, the offense was playing like the way it's supposed to play. Yeah, we, we've talked how many times on this show throughout the years that the Heat do not run a – when it works, the Heat do not run yeah. a, anything close to a typical modern NBA offense. And um, it means, I think, the... 80%. Sorry. Like, it was 80. It's 80%. 80 four yeah. out of five. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. And and I think it makes the, the low moments really ugly, right? Because, you know, when, like, the Mavs have an ugly game, it's basically just like... Luca's missing shots, right? Like, right, turning the ball the over. Yeah. When yeah. It looks the same as it does when things are going well, just the shots aren't going in. When the Heat offense gets stuck in the mud, it's like very noticeable. And and you know, you still saw it at various points yeah. last night. Uh, in the third third quarter, when they they were fell behind by ten points, there were like possessions there, where, and it felt like every time they weren't making a shot, then Steph was coming down and hitting a three or making up behind the back. This, assist or something like that um so yeah it's like they're gonna have nights where it looks really ugly they're gonna have nights in the playoffs when it looks really ugly even you know their their last two plot you know the playoff run this year and the bubble run they had nights where it looked really ugly um but i i think like it it makes it it makes it kind of hard to judge this team like it can look like it's hopeless and then couple nights later it clicks and maybe it clicks now for the next like once it clicks once maybe it it gets rolling for the next couple of weeks here because you know when when jimmy's in takeover mode and when the ball is flying around like this team is i think one of the most fun teams to watch in the nba and um it makes them really hard to guard because no one else really you know the warriors to an extent i guess are doing similar stuff but no most the vast majority of NBA teams do not run anything like the Heat do on an every on a, a night-to-night basis. Yeah, it's very hard to to prepare for, especially in the regular season, because yeah, you can key up against Bam and Jimmy, right? As two guys who get the offense going, but really there are a bunch of guys who can go off and be leading the score. Um, they have so many active bodies on the floor and, and guys who could, you know, shoot if they if they're playing shooters like they did last night against Golden State um, around Bam and Jimmy, it's really tough to guard really, really tough to guard. Um, and you have to make the heat pay on the defensive end when they do that. But if you can't, 
you're going to lose because that combination usually on the offensive end provides really, really positive results. All right, what should we finish up with? Why don't we do schedule talk real quick? This this quick. Okay. This is they've been schedule. they've had a really like not opponent wise like it's been okay but just the amount of games and this is their third back to back like the first nine games. Um, only a couple of teams have done that, so we yeah. can just talk about that and and um, we can end it there. It'll be kind of short. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Unless you have any, if you want to talk about anything else, that's fine too. I don't think so. I feel like we covered most of the game last night. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. All right. Three, two, one. So as we mentioned, uh, Heat will play tonight, so hopefully nothing too crazy happens uh, in this uh, Miami-Sacramento game. Um, and they hit the road again for, for a game against Indiana. Um, as you mentioned, the schedule kind of soft for the next, including Sacramento tonight. The next five are all probably like non-playoff teams or maybe play-in yeah. teams. So they'll, they'll be favored in every one of these games. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Including at Indiana. Um, but so you know, like we've talked about, it. you don't want to be two and five. But you look at the way the schedule broke early. That was the tough stretch. They've got to eat, I think, on this easy stretch now. Um, but you know, two and two and well, I guess three and five now is like not ideal, but like you look through back through the schedule, they've already had a West Coast trip. Uh they had that back to back with the second one at Golden State, which just kind of feels like an auto loss. Um another back to back tonight. They had a back to back um Boston and, and ter- Toronto early. This their early schedule has been kind of you know, not yeah. to make excuses because they should be better than three and five, but the early season schedule and like the fact that as you said, like would not be surprising to see them come out of this next little stretch here at, I don't know, eight and five or seven and yeah, six. Yeah, seven or and six. Like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, I think in a in a week, some of the the panic and all of that from from the last week that a lot of it was deserved because it looked really ugly at times. Um, it might look kind of like, you know, an overreaction based off just a lot of stuff didn't break their way in the first couple week couple weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, when two of your first eight games are against the defending NBA champions, um, <laughs> that's not an easy. That's not an easy. And another one is against the uh, defending East uh, champions. Yes, and then two more are against the Raptors, which the Heat always not struggle against, but it's always just tough games. And the Raptors are good. Like the Raptors are a good, legit playoff contending team. Um, yeah, like the schedule has been easy, and then you throw in, uh, you know, three back to backs in the first within the first two yeah. weeks of the season. And just the natural randomness of the early part of the season, right? Where like, yeah, you know, you yeah. lose to bad teams sometimes in the first month that you won't lose to in February. You're saying Utah isn't the best team in the West? Probably not. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm mean, marketing. Playing very well. I don't know if this is what Danny Ainge envisioned when he built this team, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're playing very, they're playing really well together. Kelly Olynyk's playing good. How about Kelly, former Heat? Yeah. Former Heat center. He actually would fit well with this. Oh, yeah. I mean, actually, I feel like we may be talking about him as a guy that they could. Uh, yeah. When we talk about, like, picking Utah for parts, I was like, ah, Kelly. I miss talking to Kelly about fantasy football in the locker room. It was always fun. Big fantasy football wedding, guy. We're getting way off track now. But you see at his wedding, yeah. uh, well, I think it was, like, he, that he wore the, the snapback. The hat, yeah. It's this thing. It's this thing, snapback Kelly. I think, Kelly. Gave, I think I, I, he gave out hats at the wedding, too. Really? That's cool. Yeah. 
That's cool. I don't think my wife would have, would have allowed that, but hey, I give all power to Kelly. That's pretty cool, and that's his trademark. Yeah. So exactly. Um, I think I wrote a story on that actually when he was here. I think you did. Because <laughs> he he would like. And we're getting way way off he track. Always now, would, but, he would always wear a different hat in the locker room. I feel like like every night he would have a different one. Yeah, and then he like eventually like started this thing on Instagram where it was like every oh, yeah. day, every game was like a different snap, like snapback of the day, and he would like post a photo of it, and it was like this thing, and it was, it was a cute story, cute story. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, yeah. So I, <laughs> going back to what we were talking about, yeah, <laughs> I three back, three back to backs in the first two weeks. After tonight, the Heat, the Bulls, and the Pistons will be the only teams that have played through back-to-backs up to, up to this point. And there are more teams, actually, that haven't even played one back-to-back yet. The Lakers, the Pelicans, the Knicks, and the Suns. I've yet to play one back-to-back. So it's been a tough early season schedule when it comes to opponents, but also just the amount of games and the amount of days has been really mm-hmm. busy. Uh, the Heat have had one practice this entire time since the start of the season because of that. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think now it softens up a little bit, not only in terms of opponents, but even after, like, Indiana – on Friday, their next game is they have two games like in a week. After Friday, yeah. they play Monday at home against Portland, and then Thursday. And they had a nice little break actually before the Warriors game too. That was when they practiced finally yeah. Monday because they had yeah. two days off in, at the end of that West Coast trip. Yeah, and they'll get they'll get to practice Sunday. And they'll get to practice next Wednesday, so they'll get two practices in the next week as well. So they have some more practice time, have some more time to rest. Like I do. I mean, again, you never assume anything in the NBA, especially with how the Heat have been playing early on, but. They, they, this is really set up for them to go on a little bit of a run and I erase some of the the panic, um, calm some of the panic from from the first few weeks and and maybe get you know on the above 500 um, just in a week or so. Like this yeah. couple when you know they beat they beat Sacramento, Indiana, they're 500 right there and you know then they come back for four straight home games. That that'll give them um, a real opportunity to kind of get back um, where they should be above 500. Yeah, they got to win them though, right? Like the, yeah, the win against the yeah. war- that win against the Warriors was great, but and we think it is a positive sign of what's to come and what this team can be. But you know, the Warriors, what they lost to Charlotte and yeah, Detroit, um, somewhat in Detroit, like the two yeah. like bad teams. Sometimes beat good teams. I don't think either of us think the Heat are a bad team, but like they showed us the sign on Tuesday, um, and now they can if they can rattle off. Again, it doesn't necessarily have to be five in a row, but four out of five or five out of six or, um, you know, they, they got a couple of tricky ones after this easy stretch. But um, they 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 showed what they can be. And now they got a chance to to like. Calm everyone down and and make this not seem like it's going to be such a stressful season. Um, you know, I don't think either of us thought this team was going to be number one seed in the east again that felt i don't want to say fluky but like you know a lot of things first yeah, of all like, right. it always it always has to go right right like um a lot went right for that heat team last year um but uh, i think we also didn't expect it to be so ugly out the gate but um again they can they can kind of calm a lot of that by winning these next couple games and prove that what they did on tuesday was not just an aberration right that's going to be the thing is that you know, they, like we said, they, they played a little bit differently than they have. So, um, you know, they, there's always that thought that maybe that is why, like, but at the same time, they, the way Jimmy played, the way Bam played, the way Kyle played in the second half, like, those were all really, really encouraging signs and things that should be hopefully sustainable for this team. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah, I think either the panic could be calmed the next week or 
The parents right. will be yeah, on another level the next week. We're going to be talking next week, and it's like, <laughs> remember yeah. we did a whole episode about how good that Golden State win looked? Like, yeah. that's the way the NBA goes, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if they would have lost, if that challenge doesn't get over, does not successful last night against Steph Curry, and they yeah. he shoots three free throws and ties the game, and the Heat lose, I mean, we saw a lot of good things for the Heat, but right, it's fickle. Like we could be talking about them being two and six and must win against the Kings on Wednesday. Like, yeah, things change fast, but looking at the schedule, just using common like common sense, like this is a real opportunity for the Heat to get back on track. Yeah, it wasn't a must win on Tuesday, but it was a must win for the Heat to 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 show they still belonged. I think is yeah. probably the, the way to kind of wrap it up. Um, you can't you can't you can't consider yourself a good team and then lose to good teams and say, well, it was a good team. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. Exactly. Exactly. You have to at some point be good teams, and that's what the Heat did last night. Yeah, there's still there's still I mean they still got a lot of work to do to yeah prove sure. they are in that upper echelon that they were last have been really for most of the. Jimmy Butler era, um, but yeah, it that, that was a starting point. It has to start somewhere, so I think that was uh, very, very encouraging what we saw on Tuesday night, and just a fun basketball game. It hadn't been, I don't know, there hadn't really been a whole lot of fun Heat games early on. No, kind of, I guess the the Celtics game was was pretty fun, right? Um, yeah, and the Toronto game when when Caleb Martin speared. Uh, Christian Coloco into the stands. That was a fun that game. That game was a blowout for most of that game, though, and then got closer. Yeah, and then Toronto came back. True, true. But it was it got a little tight. It got tight at the end. But yeah, that, that's true. It was a blowout for most of it. Yeah. Um. All right. Any final thoughts? How are you feeling about Miami, Florida State? Um. The spread is nine and a half. F, well, in favor of FSU, obviously. I think uh-huh. that's pretty. I'm not saying the Hurricanes are going to win, but this is a rivalry game. Like. I don't see this being a blowout. I really, really don't. I think I think the Hurricanes keep it tight and it's competitive. And we'll see what happens. But I don't think Florida State's going to run away with it. Yeah, I mean, Florida State's not that good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, they beat they did beat number 10 LSU, so. That's true. I can't believe that, that LSU was number 10. Like, I think LSU's good, but I was like, I thought it was a typo when I saw yeah, it was pop up too. at number 10. And I know Tennessee's beating Alabama, but I just... Don't think it's right that Georgia's not number one. Like I just think Georgia's the best team in the country. I know they've had like. Oh, it doesn't matter. They played this lapses. weekend, so it doesn't really matter. That's true. That's fine. Yeah, you're right. I just was like, really, Georgia number three? But yeah, I'm getting ready to. Uh, I'm starting to think about uh, whether I'm going to be covering the Orange Bowl this year, or, or if I'm just going to go uh, to watch Syracuse play in it. That's what I'm starting to think about. Wow. Uh, num- cool. Number as long as Clemson at number four, that was like all right, they're they're in playoff. They're position. automatically in, yeah. Yeah, and I think North Carolina is 17, but then other than that, Syracuse is right there at number 20. So so they got a chance to uh take that second ACC spot, the guaranteed berth to the Orange Bowl. Even you would want to beat a pretty ugly, ugly, ugly loss to Notre Dame on Saturday. You would want to cover Syracuse for a week. Whether I don't know, I don't know. Fun. Like so, so Syracuse football is kind of the one team that I always felt good about, like tweeting about like as if I'm yeah. a fan because they're so now it's gonna be rough. Yeah. this year yeah 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 like you know they're never gonna compete with Miami all that kind of stuff um but now it's like it's become real this year so now you have to be know. careful with your tweets. I don't know what to do yeah exactly you'd have to actually like tweet as a reporter now for as if you cover Syracuse right. like, you, you wouldn't be able to, to celebrate and do your usual uh Syracuse uh exactly. Twitter coverage. yeah 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 
Um, all right. Any final thoughts on, on basketball? Uh, no, I think we covered it all. Cool. We've talked about all the basketball that there is to be talked about. Um, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. It's college basketball season coming up. We didn't talk about that. Uh, probably won't talk about that, but pretty excited about that. Um, Get back to me in March. Even though the two best players in the draft aren't even college players this year, which is a little sad, but um, still should be a, a fun year. And, and the Hurricanes look like they'll be pretty good, I think. Pretty good, right? I, yeah. I, in, in L, I trust, basically. That's how I feel about Miami basketball. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, speaking of college basketball, I think we're, I think Michelle Kaufman is going to be coming on the Eye on the U podcast this week to talk uh Hurricanes basketball before they open the season Monday. So be sure to listen to that um, if you want to get caught up uh, before the season gets started there. Um, Other than that, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye.